Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I mean, they always have a big mouth. They always talk a lot. So, <laughs> it happened before, it's going to happen again. Hey, fantastic fans. I actually had just finished recording this week's episode when a WTA bomb went off in Australia as world number one pulled a Justine Enna Mariam Bartoli move by officially retiring from tennis. Is it for good? Hey, only she truly knows herself, but she climbed all the way to number one once, and we've all got to believe she can do it again one day if she really wanted to. So kudos to Ash for bringing not only consistency and variety, but positivity to the top of the game. She was an excellent junior, an amazing doubles player, and a fantastic number one. I'm not sure where this leaves the state of the WTA and the women's game, as one will assume Iga Sviantek will be crowned as the next number one. But I can't wait to see what happens this year. It just makes the year that much more interesting. Maybe I'm alone in feeling Ash kind of checked out in the middle of her shift and just kind of clocked out and went home. At 25 years old, she was definitely in the prime of her career. Who knows what her reasons are? Maybe it was injury, family. Maybe she just really hated flying Qantas and needed some time at home playing golf. But whatever it is, I'm going to miss that slice backhand for sure. And honestly, who knows where we'll see Ash next, but we do know one place where we're definitely going to see her. That's the International Tennis Hall of Fame. So good luck, Ash Barty. We do have another one of my favorite Aussies on the pod today, Darius Seville. So let's jump right into today's episode and get to know the Sunshine Double. Hey, fantastic fans. I'm joined this week by my great friend and a fantastic friend of the pod, Max Markham. Welcome back, Max. Hey, thanks for having me back. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be back in New York City. Max and I were in Indian Wells all week and we haven't seen each other since we got back. And now it's time to recap this amazing trip that we just experienced. I mean, we were in tennis paradise for the entire week. It was everything, right? It's fresh in our minds. Let's talk about it. I'm so excited. Some might say it was a fantastic week. (laughs) You might say. (laughs) Oh man, I had such a fun week. I really, really did. I had this crazy idea and I've always wanted to go to Indian Wells with a group of friends. And I thought, why don't I invite 15 random people? Like, this is like a... Totally what normal people do. Like, absolutely do that. For, for yeah. sure. And I, I was like, how about we have like a reality TV show kind of moment where we, <laughs> I rent a house, like this 10-bedroom house in Indian Wells, and I invite 15 like perfect strangers, pretty much. I mean, I guess we all know each other at some points, but we all come to this house and only tennis is our underlying thread of friendship. And that's what we all love. And we are from everywhere. It was international. And we all got to know each other. And it was, I thought it was fun. No, (laughs) it was amazing. I mean, it was international. That's true. I think it was nice that there were people who had like, there were some super crazy intense fans who could probably rattle off. I mean, I can't really speak. I'm also a crazy intense fan, but people who could probably rattle off like the 2012 Qualies US Open score lines, like people who just had ridiculous knowledge. And then there are people who are just kind of there for a good time, like there to drink, there to go and, you know, go to the Moe stand and see and be seen and, you know, put up photos on Instagram. And listen, we had, it was an amazing time. And even as a jaded New Yorker who goes to the US Open every year, I mean, Indian Walls really, I see why they call it tennis paradise. Like it was so gorgeous and it was so much fun. I, <laughs> I put together this like spectrum of 15 oddball tennis fans from everywhere. And I thought, oh, this will work 
or maybe it won't. And let's just see if it does. And, you know, it did. I mean, nobody died. Nobody, no, one died. no limbs were lost. Nobody, I don't think anybody puked, right? I mean, no. if they did, it was, it was discreet. Um, you know, everyone <laughs> kept it mostly classy. I mean, as classy as you can. There was a pickleball court and there was a lot of intense matches on the pickleball court. I think that's as intense as it got, really. Late nights, it got a little intense. Yeah. It's funny when you see the sociology of 15 people. And that's really what I was like most interested in seeing is like, who stays up late? Who's going to go to bed early? Who's going to be messy? And, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to be messy except you and me, frankly. That's true. There are a few. There are a few far between. But I thought, you know what? Well done. And I have new friends that I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. You don't travel with your friends all the time. So this is like an experiment in itself. I was like, okay, can tennis be enough to sustain for an entire week? Totally. I mean, people go to like tournaments for two weeks, right? These tournaments take forever. It was great. And I think everyone had a really good time. It was great that we had players come by the house. Like that was super fun, right? We did. We had Madison Brengel came to the house. She was a champ. Can I say like the the shit that we threw at her, like <laughs> if I were her and I was like, I would be like, who are these guys? What are they doing? Like it was such a good time though. And she was such a good sport about it. And after she had just had like a tough loss. She was in such good spirits and big, big fan of Madison Brengel over here on the Fantastic Tennis Podcast. Oh, I'm very loyal, as you know, and I support all of the people that do this show. And and I will say Madison Brengel is not only a legend on court, but she's so fun to hang out with off court. We've become good buddies. I, I met up with Madison and I was like, hey, we're, you know, we're having like a little get together. You know, we have, you know, random people from everywhere, you know, all tennis fans. Do you want to come by the house? And she's like, absolutely. I want to come by the house. So she comes by and yeah, again, you said that spectrum. You had people that were like, oh my gosh, Madison, that 2011 match in that second round in Midland, Michigan, <laughs> where you hit that drop shot was like, I was like, wow, you know, you get to see the the personality really popping out. And other people were like, oh yeah, cool. You you know, Madison Brengel's here, which, you know, it's, yeah. that's fun. Right. I think that's also like kind of a good mix because then Madison doesn't have to spend the whole time talking about her job. Like it's her job. She can just like talk about, you know, what, what cocktail she likes or, you know, <laughs> who she's dating or whatever. Like it's, it was a really, it was a really cute moment and she was a great sport to hang out with us for so it long. So fun. I, we played sequence and she beat me <laughs> and I was actually very devastated that I lost that game. I don't, if you know what sequence is, if you're listening out there, it's, pretty much my favorite game. I love game. I I traveled to Indian Wells from New York City with a board game in tote, which, you know. I'm surprised there's only one TBH. There were more actually. (laughs) (laughs) We just didn't play them. We just didn't get to play. Hey, always be prepared with a game. If you have 15 people, I mean, I can always bust out a game. That's always fun, right? I mean, we did have pickleball too. We did. It was a, it was a great, a great long weekend. I need another long weekend to recover from it. I've never been so tired as I was this week, but that's okay. We were so exhausted. We flew back from Indian Wells together. Actually, we drove to LA, which, you know. It's a long drive. I always forget. I don't know why we did But we drove to LA and then we're on a flight, which is a long flight. And you worked on the flight. So that wasn't super fun. But then it's like two in the morning in New York City and we're waiting for our bags. And lo and behold, we see (laughs) a New York City housewife, which I... I know I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I had the book in my backpack that I was reading. I'm always prepared. You never know. You are always prepared. That's very true. But it was also amazing. She It wasn't like she was like standing there waving the flag about who she was. She had her whole mask on. And you were like, 
that's Jill Zarin. I was like, can't be. And it was Jill Zarin. It was. But Jill plays tennis. I know very little of Jill Zarin, but I do know she plays tennis and she's married to someone that used to work for the WTA. And I thought, wow, I do think that when she, when we told her that we were coming from Indian Wells, that she thought we were pro tennis players. And yeah. Why would she not? We're <laughs> tall, beautiful, handsome men exactly. with tennis rackets sticking out of our bags. So that's the obvious assumption. Yeah. Right? And she's like, how'd you do? And I was like, <laughs> I think I said it was great. <laughs> in fairness, it was two o'clock in the morning and we did not work very hard to correct her assumption, but whatever. Yeah, 100%. So that was the end of our trip. So, But in the middle, I do want to talk about Indian Wells because this is getting to know the Sunshine Double and we're done with Indian Wells. We're moving on to Miami, which really, this is always my favorite swing. I mean, people that live in the US, this is a, a storied month of tennis for, for all of us. We're spoiled living in New York because we get the US Open two weeks a year as well. But I do want to kind of dissect Indian Wells a little bit because I felt like being there was so much different than watching it. It was a different experience. So I really want to know your thoughts. You've been to Indian Wells before. Was it different this year at all? Did you feel like, minus the wind, I think there was that Naomi Osaka Sloan Stevens match where we were thrust in a hurricane. It was like the craziest, windiest match ever. <laughs> that was miserable. And then we drove off to play tennis like offsite and it looked like we were driving through like West Texas. There were like tumbleweeds and sand and dust flying everywhere. That was insane. I don't even know how. I felt bad because you really want like a Naomi Sloan primetime at night, you know, full stadiums, quiet when they're playing, then rowdy fans. Like they're two heroes of the sport. And to have such a like raggedy, you know, windy, yucky match where neither of them are really playing that great, understandably, was a bummer. But no, overall, I mean, I went to Indian Wells last when it was in October last year. And that was just like a different vibe because it was, you know, not the same time of the year. And I went during the week. There were much fewer people um, and it just it didn't really have the same kind of glory that it did this time. But other than that one windy day, I can't emphasize how perfect the weather is there. Like it's really, yeah. I mean, in New York in August, it just, it everything is disgusting. Like it smells, it just feels like an armpit. And being in the desert with this beautiful vista, I mean, credit to Tommy Haas, they really ran the tournament well. There were a lot of food options, it didn't feel super crowded. The courts are pristine. People are, you know, other than the fan who yelled at Naomi are like pretty courteous and civil. It was like really, really, I can't really say any bad things about it. It was a wonderful tournament. Novak Djokovic wasn't there. That was always a plus. <laughs> I do wonder for people that have never been that are listening right now, what advice do you give them to prepare for Indian Wells for next year? I mean, obviously we got to taste, you know, not just the alcoholic beverages. Uh, we got to taste a lot of the tennis too. What would you say is like some inside expert, you know, you've been a couple times now. I mean, you're just like a veteran of Indian Wells. I think you got to go early. I think it's best to go, and this is probably the case with any tournament really, but especially there. I mean, you get to, one of my favorite things was seeing Coco and Vika practice on the practice oh, yeah. courts. I was like, basically sitting on the net. Like it was, you could, you could hear like what they were mumbling to themselves. And also like being a player, both of us are players ourselves. You know that when you you play different when you're practicing, right? You you try new things and you're you're much looser. And seeing both of these like really amazing players, a so close, but also just having fun with it and competitive, yeah. of course. But you know, wanting to just kind of try new things that was great. So definitely, and the, the practice courts are right there. It's like right there. You know, you, you kind of have to walk a little bit farther um, at, at the U.S. Open to see them. They're kind of a little bit out of the way, and you, there's not as much access to them. Yeah. But that is a, I think, a, a, a big plus. Of they played a full match. I mean, it was Coco Gauff versus Victoria Azarenka. 
with a huge crowd of people and they were full like going for it. There was no hesitation. They were full intense in their match. It was something that was really nice. Shopping was great. I thought we stayed very close to Indian Wells. I would definitely recommend doing that because that one, you know, once the weekend hits and Rafa starts playing, it takes hours to get to Indian Wells, right? It was like, oh my gosh, is Rafa playing today? Mm -hmm. And yes, he was. I mean, it was just kind of ridiculous. We're stayed five minutes from Indian Wells and it was probably two hours. Yeah. At one point, someone was just like, just get out. I'll park. You just go. And I was like, oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was so nice. That is an upside of, of the US Open is you have the subway and it sucks to take the subway and you're crowded and there's that long walk, but at least it's, you know, cost 275 and it's reliable to get there. There's not traffic. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the downside of that is the cocktail line gets very long. Right. And it's always fun to watch tennis with champagne or some type of great beverage in tote. I, I just highly recommend checking out Indian Wells next year. Miami also fun. I'm trying to get used to the new grounds of Miami. Have you been to the new site? I haven't. I, I've played at the old one. Yeah, it's it's a little sterile. I'm trying to find the the history behind it. Hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll talk about Miami in a moment. But um, I do want to say there was a great moment. The 15 people that were in the house, there was a great moment where I want to thank you all because you all wore my new merch. You wore my new t-shirts and I was so excited. We watched Victoria Zarenka play Astra Sharma and everyone showed up and we're wearing our shirts and we're streaming for Vika. And it was such a great moment really because, you know, I love Vika and, you know, I love my friends and to have that moment was really special. So I do want to say thank you for that. And you looked fantastic in your shirt. So <laughs> we did look fantastic and the logo is fantastic. Everything is fantastic. Uh -huh. And also PSA to all of the potential players listening. If you want to surefire a way to win a match, come on this podcast and then the loyalty that comes from that you'll get like a whole gaggle of gays in the stands pushing you over <laughs> to get the w so just so you know, we're loyal over here on the fantastic tennis podcast it's very true it's very true i do want to say on top of that we are selling new merch i'm excited to make this announcement because we have a new logo i love it i think it's so fun and you can purchase a whole bunch of superfluous items on redbubble.com and you can search for fantastic tennis and you can buy t-shirts and travel mugs and coffee mugs you can even buy a shower curtain it's <laughs> you can even buy a samsung galaxy case who has a samsung galaxy you can even buy a samsung galaxy case yes plus your iphone cases yeah Honestly, anybody out there that purchases a shower curtain or a duvet with the Fantastic Tennis logo, <laughs> I will Venmo you the money for it because I just, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's just wrong for you to pay for it, but it is cute. I think it's fun. Um... <laughs> I want this lime green spiral notebook and it's only $10.90. $10 oh, that's a steal. It's a lime spiral. I mean, we all need a lime spiral notebook. But anyway, Absolutely. you can go on redbubble.com, search for fantastic tennis merch, get your hat today. Let's all kind of be visible together and watch all these great players. I would love for all of us to kind of gather around the cocktail bar and let's go and uh, support our favorites. So I, I do want to talk about Indian Wells right now because there were so many moments, Max, where you and I especially were just like looking at each other. We watched a lot of matches together this past week. Mm -hmm. We got to see Iga play. We got to see Vika practice and Rafa play. I mean, there were so many amazing moments. So I do want to recap our top Indian Wells moments right now. And I have to start with 
kind of the pre-tournament gossip. And it was a little shocking because really, you know, we just love them. But the Berrettini-Ila Tomjanovic breakup started the week off a rough note. I was like, oh no, we were all talking. That was like the first thing that happened. And we're like, is this week cursed? <laughs> um, but I think she did okay. She won her first match. She beat Baptiste in the first round. So she rebounded nicely. You know, she could have just withdrawn but no she's not that person and you know we move on right it's fine maybe they're gonna get back together who knows it could be who knows i mean i think they're both hot yeah on the tennis court off the tennis court neither of them is gonna have trouble finding success right again relationship success or tennis success so i don't think anybody's kind of like woe is me about this but it was definitely it was spicy it was a spicy take for sure maybe there's gonna be a you know a beautiful resurrection of Berrettini Tomlanovich soon. But um, I will say one person that I thought handled themselves extremely well, as well as Isla, I thought Naomi Osaka did such a great job composing herself after that Kudermatova match. You and I were out watching tennis all day long. We had just got back to the house. We turned on tennis. We're watching Naomi lose a match that she would typically win, right? So we're a little disappointed. Kudermatova's playing some great tennis. And then there was this moment where, mm -hmm. I know you and I talked about it in the house, but when Naomi asks to get the microphone, right? To address the crowd, we both thought- I, I for sure thought that she was retiring from tennis yeah. altogether. And it was, and it really, it made, I mean, the whole situation was heartbreaking, but it, it just made, it was so sad because, you know, she had just also given that presser maybe a few days before saying, you know, she didn't want to play too many tournaments. And, you know, I think that was fine, valid thing to say. And, you know, she very much wears her heart on her sleeve and, and she's really tried to focus on health. I think the health of tennis as a sport and how it treats its players, bullying, you know, how, how she enters the space as someone who's different um, and has, you know, dealt with her her own issues, you know, quite publicly. And I have deep respect for that. But like, at the end of the day, she's just an incredible player and you don't ever want to lose someone who's such a talent. Mm -hmm. So that was really what I, I thought was going to happen, which was scary. What, what she ended up saying, I think was incredibly brave and composed. And you, I, we just, I just hope to see her again soon. Like, I hope she keeps playing. I don't, who knows if she'll play in Miami or, you know, what her next tournament will be. But when she's in it and when she's in it to win it and loving it, you can tell. And I think we all just want that back. Yeah. Well, she has the wild card in Miami and maybe Indian Wells was a power move for her, you know, to feel a little more confident. I will say, I don't love the feeling that when she grabs the microphone, the uneasiness behind of thinking that she's going to retire, you never want that. And I, I still don't feel that she's loving tennis right now. And I really want that back for her because the tennis world is so much better with Naomi Osaka playing great tennis. And what she's done for the sport, what she continues to do for the sport, and the generations that that we'll see based on what she's been able to articulate to the masses over the past couple of years has been great. And, you know, I, I want to continue to see her flourish. But again, I, as a fan, I get uneasy yeah. feeling that she's going to retire at any moment. And I don't love that feeling. I didn't love that feeling. I, I do think that, I mean, Indian Wells in particular, we know the, the unfortunate history with uh, Venus and Serena from decades ago. If I were her, I think the thing that probably would have gotten most under my skin was this is kind of like home for Naomi, right? I mean, she, you know, she plays for Japan, but in many ways is very American, has been very embraced in America, but it was her first title in 2018, I think it was. It was her first ever title. And to be heckled in that way by, you know, what some might say is kind of her home crowd, that sucks. And 
plus the history, you know, of, of Venus and Serena that every Black kid remembers who is alive, who is into tennis, remembers, unfortunately. Yeah. That sucks. So I hope I hope that that would, maybe that was a turning point for her, you know, and, and I, I would love for it to be and I would love to see her crush for the rest of the season. We'll see. I mean, Kudermatova crushed. I mean, a great word because we were shell-shocked during that match. I mean, Kudermatova has played some solid tennis over the past couple of years, but to play like that on a big stage against Osaka was yeah. someone who's won the title was really a big moment for her too. Um, so well done. Well done to her. I'm sure, you know, there's a lot going on back home in Russia, I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's on her mind. But someone that I do want to talk about that was wearing Ukrainian colors and someone that I'm a big fan of. We've talked about the loyalty factor of, of this show in general and someone that I always try and support. There was this amazing comeback this whole year of Dasha Saville. And I am so excited that she's going to join us in a moment to talk about the week and great, great matches that she was able to produce. She had her first top 10 win since 2018 at the China Open against Petra Kvitova. It was really lovely to see the intensity back on the court. She had a great follow-up match with Elise Mertens. Actually, it looks like Dasha is joining us right now. Hi, Dasha. Hey. Ellen Perez said the most amazing tweet. She sent it. She's like, who is this Daria Seville and why is she better than Daria Gavrilova? I love <laughs> Loved that it. was actually really, really good. That was that was good from her. She's good like that. She's smart. Smart. You want to talk about smart? Let's talk about your smart ass tennis. I mean, this was <laughs> so amazing. It's so good to see you. It's really, really great. It was my match of the tournament for me because it was so intense. But we'll get to that in a second because where we left off, we were rehabbing and then we're wedding planning. And now you know, congrats, you're, you're having top 10 wins and you're a married woman now. So it's like a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing to play that well in Indian Wells. I'm super motivated to like keep going. Yeah, I was having so much fun. I was maybe a bit crazy on court, but that's okay. I always show my emotion. Maybe I did catch myself celebrating a few double faults. And I was like, oh, maybe don't do that. But <laughs> it doesn't, it just comes out. I like get super competitive. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I wanted this double fold. Come on. Like, I'm not going to hide it that like it was a big point. Of course, like, thank you. <laughs> Everyone listening that plays tennis right now always wishes for the double fault. I mean, come on. That's, that's just how it goes. I want to congratulate you because this comeback has been amazing. You came back at Billie Jean King Cup and you play Belgium. You start with a win after nine months of not playing tennis. What was that moment like back on the court, Dasha Seville? Yeah, it was um, kind of unexpected. I was like fifth player to be included. Like uh, we had a few um, players that have been injured in our team, in Team Australia. So out of nowhere, like no one in their right mind would put someone who hasn't played for nine months. <laughs> but I was training so well. So they were like, okay, well, Isla got sick. And they like, I've had experience playing Fed Cup. So they're like, okay, well, Dasha has actually been training really well. So, well, we have no choice but put her in. And it was unbelievable, like, to just to pull it off. Like, I didn't know that I was going to be able to even last three sets because before coming to Prague. And so, yeah, it was unbelievable. And just to then watch my best friend beat Mertens, it was probably one of my best, like, best tennis days 
in my life. One of them. I love that. That makes me so happy. It makes because it continued. You go to Guadalajara. Well, it didn't continue. I didn't play that all that well in Australia, to be honest. No, we're skipping all that bullshit. We we're pretending that we're you skipped skipping those tournaments. That. I actually <laughs> I actually was disappointed with myself because I wasn't like who I think, to be honest, what threw me off was the wedding. Like it ruined my preseason completely. But, you know, it's nice now that I'm married. Was that everything you wanted, by the way? Was the wedding everything? It's always like, you know. Oh, yeah, it was unreal. The party was wild. It was so good. You looked gorgeous. You looked absolutely stunning. You You look so great. Yeah, I still still love my dress. I still think I've had one of the best WTA wedding dresses. (laughs) (laughs) And looks. Oh man. Well, you know, I was hoping for that Isla Berrettini wedding dress. Maybe, maybe it'll happen. Oh no, I know. Wait, wait, no, there's no sadness. We all broken up. Did you, you haven't broken up with Luke? It never happened. You didn't have. I have. Exactly. We have. have. And look, and you're married now. So good. That's how it happens. You know, you just never know. Yeah. So you go to Guadalajara, right? So before Guadalajara in Melbourne, I was training and literally I was hitting with Storm, Storm Sanders. And she's like, oh, what's going on with Dasha? Like, why is she like that? And she literally had this like long ass chat and she was like, pull your head in. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, I came to Guadalajara. Well, we kind of uh, reconnected with Jay Gooding, the coach, because um, after Australia, I was there. Uh, I stayed for a few more weeks and didn't really like have coaching set up. And so it was really good to see him again. And the main thing that we were working on was like my attitude and just trying to you know rebuild my reputation as like a fighter and you know I think I definitely rebuilt it after playing the longest match of the year so far and then yeah I've played a few few more really long matches so that's cool Let's force forward to Indian Wells. It was such an amazing run coming <laughs> through qualifying a great win in the first round against Shuazang really great straight set victory and then Max and I get to Indian Wells. We had 15 people that came to Indian Wells, right? We're we're going to celebrate. We're there for the whole week. I had to come watch you. I see that, you know, you're playing Anz Jabor. I run out to the courts. I couldn't miss it. I wander over. I get a you know first row seat. And I'm like, you know what? You were so into it. Honestly, you pulled <laughs> you pulled that win. I mean, Anz is never gonna get on your podcast if she knows you were the guy that was like cheering me on. I don't think so. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know. We're not gonna <laughs> Honestly, though, I was. We just won't tell her. We won't tell her that that was you. Dash, like I, we had never met each other. You literally were coaching me. I literally was coaching you. You were like, "Let's go first serve here." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right." <laughs> and then you would be like, "Okay, that's a good point," because I like literally, I would tell myself, like one of my celebrations, instead of yelling, "Come on," I would literally yell out, "Good sir." And then you would be like, yeah, good, sir. <laughs> and then the whole crowd's like, good, sir. It, we have this equal intensity. And I thought like, literally, I, I was like, she's going to think I'm some crazy person. She's never met me before in real life. And like, she probably has no idea who I no, was. No, I loved it. Are you <laughs> kidding? I was like, I couldn't wait until I was at your end. Oh. I was like, what is my end? Like with my team, I was like, that's like a shit end. I want to be on the other <laughs> end. <laughs> It was so, I mean, I had some of my friends there with me and they're like, well, everyone in my section, everyone 
was like, oh, so you're her coach? And I'm like, I've never met her before. <laughs> She's done my show and I love her. And we're just like, you know. That's so funny. It was so funny, but it, we had this intensity and it worked. And I, I felt like, yeah, I'm going to get her through this match. She, I mean, you did it all on your own. You know, it did. I didn't like, it took me a while. I was like, oh my God, that's John. That's the guy who screwed up our podcast recording. <laughs> Well, that's honestly, that's why you knew because we've done two hours of shows already at this point. We've been together for like hours and hours of our yeah, lives. Exactly. But honestly, Dasha, it was the intensity that you brought to that match. It was your first top 10 win since 2018 against Kvitova in China. Yeah. It was amazing. You really, congrats to you. It was so nice to see you finishing points, being aggressive, not getting tangled up in, you know, the the variety that ons can bring to a match. And it was just, I have chills. Like right now, I, I the entire match, I was so proud of you and I could see how much you wanted it and I oh, wanted it. So it was you. so, so great. And then you followed it up with Mertens. Just, you just kept going. And then of course the Sakari, you probably played, you know, you'd been on the court for 47 hours. So, I mean, I understand why. You probably retired in that match. Yeah. After the match, I said to Sakari, I was like, you've probably been on court for three hours to get to quarters. And she like didn't understand. She's like, what? What? And I'm like, yeah, it only took me three hours to freaking qualify. No, to win one round of qualifying. And it took you three hours to just make quarters. <laughs> she laughed, but oh, like she's so nice and her team is so nice. If I was going to pull out against anyone, I would pull out against her. She's great. I mean, congratulations. You have uh, the wild card in Miami. We're boots in the ground right now. You're at the facility. Uh, you know what happened? So Astra Sharma was going to get the wild card because we uh, Tennis Australia has the wild card, right? And then she, she was the next one in. like, And so I totally like agree that she like, freaking deserves that this girl got to she's great. top 100 she's great. she didn't have that many like opportunities and chances and wild cards like she's done an amazing job like i was still like oh well would have been nice to give me a wild card after my run but they had to call it early the wild cards but then she moved in in main draw by her own ranking so a few more girls pulled out of main draw because i was like poisoning their meals and stuff <laughs> so i got, i ended up getting the wild card you're like hi it's me <laughs> yeah do players like traveling from indian wells to miami do you think it's like a crap hole there is it like really beautiful and then you go to miami and it's like tacky or no we like miami we're good with that well i'm staying at a really nice house in Boca, okay, yeah. so we love okay. miami we love Boca. Okay, it's always nice. What's the what's the scene right now? Did you practice today? Yeah, I practiced today. It was funny. Like I practiced with this girl. She's pretty young. And I was like playing really well. And I was checking the acceptances. And then I saw that Astra got in. And I like jumped out and celebrate. And she's like, what's happening? And I'm like, I think I'm going to get a wild card in major. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. And then anyway, we played a few more games. And then she's like, but you were top 20, right? I'm like, yeah, I was. She's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she was so cute. She's like, she's like, yeah, you're a little bit better than like ranked 400. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. And that's going to change dramatically this year, for sure. For sure. What's next? You know, we're wrapping up today. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're very focused. You have a lot more players. You have to poison Greek Menon's food. I know we have to figure <laughs> out how to do that. What's <laughs> what's next for this year? What are we, you know, you've beaten the reigning U.S. Open champion at this point now. You've gotten the top 10 win. Well, I'm you, done. You know, you, I'm done. Yeah, well done. 
well done. I mean, <laughs> I'm out. That's it. No, honestly, though, what are the expectations now? Do you have to reassess now the year and say, okay, wait, I'm getting these wins. Like I can, I can easily kind of get into the top 100 way faster than I thought I was going to. Well, the thing is with the way I play and the way other girls play, like I play really physical matches. So there will be times where someone is going to play a really, really good match and they can blow me off the court. Like it's going to be tough because of how well I move, but it happens. So what I actually was saying that even though I did like well in Indian Wells, I could have easily, if I played qualities, I could have easily just lost first or second round. But that's not going to take away from how well I can play. And also the other thing, like I don't get like rewards for next tournament. It's not like, you know, the rewards program that if you've done well at a tournament the week before, you're going to help you with your next tournament, the next match. It's like, I have to show up again and show good attitude and do it all again. Because with, you know, with the way I play, all matches are physical for me, no matter who I play. So I can't just go out on court and like, I don't know, play a huge match and hit huge forehands and backhands and huge serves and win in under an hour like that never happens like all of my matches are at least 90 minutes so it's good for me in a way that every player is going to be like oh I'm playing Dasha that's going to be a physical match exactly I mean getting to watch you play live I've watched you play a couple times now uh three and oh with me watching you by the way so I think we need to kind of talk about team my new team yeah Yeah, i'm gonna be there for you don't you worry i I just want to say congrats again it was such a pleasure getting to cheer you on and be there for you and is tofu with you in miami no he can't travel no no because of australian quarantine what's next for you by the way let's let's just talk about schedule oh charleston charleston yeah baby that's good you're back on you're back on the tour i love charleston and then i'll go home okay and then, you know what? what? This wild card means so much because with the protected ranking, the special ranking rules, whatever, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to use it for more than two mandatory tournaments. So I would have used it up for Indian Wells, oh. Miami. But because I got the wild card, it doesn't count. So I can play Madrid, baby. Um, yeah, baby. Here she comes. Get ready for grinding it out against Dasha Seville. This is going to be in qualities there. Hey, I, I said it before I say it again. This is your year. It is. You're, you're playing so great. I love the fire. Congrats. And I love that you're supporting Ukraine. It was so beautiful to see you in that outfit. And I mean, that was really nice. So yeah, I think I'm going to do it again. Do it again. Let's do it all over again. Let's do it all over again. Dasha, thank you so much for joining today. Go back and have some fun in Miami. We'll see you next week. I'll let you know when I come so I can sit front center and we can, you know, we have our thing. We have our thing. (laughs) Make sure you like sit on the opposite of my team. So then I've got two ends to go to that are supporting me. No, we're in simpatico now. We got this. We got this. Amazing. Thank you. Bye, Dasha. Have a great night. I'll see you later. See you later. Bye. Ciao. Hey, fantastic fans. I have to tell you about the most amazing tennis experience I just had this past weekend at the Strand Tennis Center. I've been so hungry to get back on the court. And my best friend, Jake, invited me to his new club in Chatham, New Jersey, just 35 minutes from where I live in New York City. And I had an out-of-body tennis experience at this clinic. 
First, the club is impeccable, and I was greeted with free coffee. So, you know, they had me as soon as I walked through the door. (laughs) The strand has pickleball, cardio tennis, junior play, league play, you name it. And the owner, Stephen Capo, helped organize the most fun clinic. I had the best time that I've had on a court in as long as I can remember. It was so fun and so competitive. You've got to check out the Strand Tennis Center. Visit their website www.strandtc.com or their social media on Instagram and Twitter at Strand Tennis to get more information for your next hit. Their motto is sweat, learn, fun, and you're going to walk away doing all three at the Strand Tennis Center. Let's talk about Maria Sakari for a moment. I mean, that Sakari Iga Sviatek final, what did you think of that, Max? I mean, that that is next-gen tennis at its finest right now. Iga is in her own world. She's now number two in the world, highest ranking. Sakari's at three in the world right now. We have this brand new kind of generation of players that are just excelling week after week, and that's what we love. What do you think of the Sakari Sviatek emergence of this week? I think it's great. I think it's really good for tennis. They both have really interesting and different game styles. I have loved Sakari for a long time. I saw her in Guadalajara at the year and final last year. She and I also share a birthday, not the same year. We won't say what my year is versus hers, but but no, she's... You have the same birthday as Maria Sakari? Yeah, July 25th. Uh, I share mine with Mel Gibson and there's like Ooh. some, yeah, I know there's like a little bit don't of... don't love that. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's complicated, right? It's I, I complicated. want to have a tennis <laughs> Exactly. We'll, we'll leave that one alone. This is a tennis yeah. podcast after all, but... Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's it's great. I think it was particularly nice to see Maria get beyond the semis, right? Because she had, I think she had two Grand Slam semis last year, French, and maybe had a match point to get to the finals in the um, in, in Roland Garros and US Open as well. And so see her break through to a Masters 1000 final. You could see the emotion when she when she won it against Bedosa and took out the defending champ. So it was playing, I mean, I saw that match against Bedosa. Soccer could have beaten anyone in that match. She was just rip her forehand was like I was like drooling over it and Iga is just like she's like she's quirky she's kind of weird you know but in a good way um and she surprises you and she's playing lights out tennis right now and you we also always forget that she maybe a little bit of an asterisk but she has a grand slam she's a grand slam champion from that you know weird COVID Roland Garros and I think she's probably going to get a few more you know I could see her I could see her picking up a couple of hard court slams probably the U.S. Open maybe Australia definitely repeating at Roland Garros so it would not surprise me to see both of those gals in the final in Miami. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Really? I hope Maria, yeah, not at all. I mean, they're number two and number three in the world right now, and they're playing lights out tennis. I would hope that Maria would get a set off Ego this time, but who knows? Consistency hasn't been there, so I would love to see another rivalry. I would love to see a Sakari and Sviantec match up through the ages. That's wild to think about. Speaking of wild, we have to talk about... I know where this is going. <laughs> the wild man, Nick Kyrgios. I mean, we have to talk about Nick. Did you see Nick this week? Did you see him in Indian Wells I at did, all? did, yeah. Um, Insanity. It, it, it does kind of make me sad to talk about him because I can't think of any other person, really in any sport, but certainly not in tennis, who is like an undisputed talent. Everyone will agree he has the game to win lots of majors, lots of tournaments, beat basically anyone on the tour serves incredible forehand, athleticism, trick shots, charisma. He's got everything. 
And then he's his own worst enemy, you know? And it's like, it's the same story over and over again. It'd be one thing if it was, you know, sometimes he was a wonderful, brilliant human who, but it's just this, it's been like 10 times at this point. He's gotten fined so many times. He's thrown things, broken things, yeah. attacked people. He went after Ben Stiller. Who goes after Ben Stiller? You know, it just, it was weird. I know. It's like this really kind of beautiful car that's in an accident and everyone's just like, bottlenecking to take a look because and you don't want to because you don't want anyone to be injured right you don't want anything to have happened in this car crash but everyone's looking and you have to look too and that's how i feel with him it's just mm -hmm. he's so cool like you want to like him but he's a car crash i i, I feel bad supporting him i feel bad yeah looking i do do i think he's great for tennis sure do i wish that he had a little more elegance maybe is the wrong word i, I don't know i, I want him to understand what he does for the game. And I think he does. I think he's okay with taking the villain role, but I want it to be in a respectful way. There, yeah. We have a very problematic top five, I would say in ATP currently right now too. And Nick has a real opportunity to really boost kind of that. And he's happy playing the, you know, the cranky villain. Yeah. And I think it says something it's, and this is where people like Serena, Rafa, Roger, they were feared by their opponents because of their game. Like nobody wanted to play against them. No one wanted to be matched up against them in the draw for obvious reasons. You're probably going to lose. They're going to kick your butt. Nick, people probably have that same fear, but they also fear what he's going to do in the match. He's not a pleasant person to play against. You, you just kind of never know which Nick you're going to get. And that's that's sad because you don't want to like foster that kind of a community. And also like, why are you throwing a tantrum losing to the undefeated, inarguably greatest athlete right now in tennis who's unbeaten and has three titles? Like you should, if there's someone you should lose to, it's probably him. So chill out. So let's talk about Rafa. I mean, 20 and 0 at this point, 19 and 0, you know, beating Nick, he's 19 and 0. I mean, we're at this renaissance now for Nadal. We don't have Federer. Novak has, you know, Novak's gone AWOL with his with his vaccination problems that he continues to have. <laughs> you know, now we have Rafa who's now saying, you know what? I'm gonna step up. Yeah. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the shining star of the ATP, which you know he is. He he has been for years. And look at how he's just taken the reins and he's become the Superman. Now, I loved that Alcaraz match. I mean, only because the changing of the guards have been very ceremonial in Indian Wells. That Serena Williams-Steffi Graf match comes to mind for me. That was one of my favorite matches of all time back mm. in 99. Mm -hmm. It was just fantastic. And I, I feel like we're going to see Carlos for generations to come. And we'll think about this match, but it was really, really fantastic. And, um, you know, uh, kudos to him. All right. Now, obviously, probably the biggest news from Indian Wells, the final. You know, you have Taylor Fritz getting all the way to the final. The first American since Isner oh, yeah. to get to this final. But, you know, he gets to play Rafa and everyone's like, oh, OK, Rafa's going to easily take this match. And he showed that he absolutely is being overlooked as that next generation of, you know, the the Casper Roods and the Tsitsipas and the Zverev, these great, you know, Carlos Alcaraz. No one talks about Taylor Fritz. He's just on the cusp. He's top 20 in the world. And he gets his 
first master's title and he beats an undefeated Rafa Nadal to do it in Indian Wells. I mean, congratulations, Taylor Fritz. I mean, this is the biggest win of his career, biggest title of his career. But again, huge congrats to Taylor Fritz. He's not only now at a career high after his title in Indian Wells, but he said he had to battle through excruciating pain with a bad ankle injury. He wasn't even going to take the court. His team told him, you can't go on court. And he said it was a dream to play in this final. So he goes out and beats Nadal, beats all the odds. He snaps his 20-match win streak, and he's the first American now since Andre Agassi, the legend Andre Agassi, to win the title in Indian Wells. So we'll see what happens for him for the rest of the season. This is a great jumping point. Uh, hopefully the Americans can do well on clay. Maybe this is a, a catalyst of great things to come, but uh, we do hope that Nadal feels better. You know, he did say in the press conference that he picked up a chest issue during his battle against Alcaraz. He seems so sad. No one wants a sad Rafa, never want a sad Rafa. So hopefully he feels better and, and rehabs and gets to that place because we want him to be that ferocious clay giant that he always is. So we'll see. Rafa's a hero, no doubt. He's one of the greatest of all time. But like the sort of next gen of men's tennis, other than the Canadians who are lovely, it's like kind of slim pickings, right? It's a little tough to root for some of them. But great to see Taylor do this. Would I have picked him to beat Rafa, to be the one who... Snaps Rafa's streak? Absolutely not. I think in fairness, Rafa had a brutal draw, right? Like ma match point down against Korda, couldn't break Opelka's serve, was points away from going down sets, right? Lost the set to Alcaraz, lost the set to Kyrgios, but super kudos to Fritz and also super kudos to him for following up. I think he did semis or quarters at Indian Wells last year in October, so to then have the consistency, not so much for the rest of the, the year, but in this specific tournament, which is home turf for him to get to the final and then win it against Rafa, kudos to him. And he was playing lights out. Kudos. And he we forget that he's 24 years old. I mean, that's... Yeah. And he's, he's like a single dad too. You know, he's like, he's got a good, he's got a nice story, right? Like you love to see it. Beating Rafa in a final. I think they played one other time back in 2020 in a final in Acapulco. Rafa won that easily. So kudos, Taylor. We had so many great matches that we got to talk about. Now, attention turns to Miami. It's the Sunshine Double. I love a Sunshine Double. I mean, we're going back to Vika, Kim Kleister, Steffi Graf. I mean, these are these are names that I just love in my history of tennis. The Miami draw is out. We're looking at a start this week. It's going to be a fun tournament. Oh, yeah. Let's take a quick look at this Miami draw. I'm very interested to see how this is going to go. We have top seed Sabalenka is our number one seed. We have in her section, we have the return of Danielle Collins is back in this tournament as well. Yes, we love that. In the Sabalenka section, it could be it's Sabalenka, Kasakina, Bencic, Svitolina. But we do get some Camilla Georgie back in the next section. It's Radakanu and Halep and Georgie and Karolina Pliskova in that section. That's an interesting quarter because all four of those girls have something to prove. So I'll be really curious, right? Simona on the comeback. Emma trying to find her form. Well, Georgi never has anything to prove. She'll do whatever she wants. And Pliskova totally crapped out in that match. She was up like 6-2, 5-2, 30-love or something and somehow lost it. I walked away from the match thinking she was going to win and then she lost. So that would be interesting. Radakanu had a great first round win at Indian Wells. She's in that tough Halep section. Halep's back playing some great tennis. Yeah, she's got a good draw for sure, yeah. That next section is Contevit and Elise Cornet with Layla Fernandez and Angelique Kerber. Fernandez Kerber could be a fun third round ditty. I love that one. That's going to be fun. Collins comes back and she has Sedancic in her section with Cerebus Tormo and 
Ons Jabor. I don't know. You know, I, I love Danielle. What a great start to the to the year for her. She loves playing in Florida. She's a Florida girl. So, you know, let's let's see how that section goes. She does have a good draw. In the bottom half of the draw, we have Bedosa and Vondrasova, two players that played some great tennis in Indian Wells. Mertens and Azarenka are in that next section. We have Pagula Rabakina. I mean, what a great Indian well she had too. She played some great tennis playing against Jess. I love Pagula's playing with Keys again in doubles. We watched that match. That was a really fun match to watch. They looked like they were having so much fun together. Oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, that could be a, a great night match. We have Sloan opening against Pana Udvardi from Hungary with the winner to play Pagula in the second round. So yeah, that's a great second round match there. Keys is in the Sakari section. We have Muguruza and Kvitova. Muguruza Kavitova, we're throw- that's a throwback match. It's a throwback match, and it's a who the hell knows who's going to win that damn match because neither of them can really piece. I mean, Mugu like won the year-end tournament kind of out of nowhere and then can't really piece a victory together, and same with Petra. So I don't know who's who's doing that, but I'm looking forward to that match. That's a great one. Kudermatova is in this next section. She is against Ostapenko, but before the Ostapenko match, you have Amanda Anisimova versus Shelby Rogers. A great American first-round match. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, that's great. It's a great match. And, you know, I would happily buy a ticket for the whole day just to see that match. But you really want, I mean, you hate to see that because they're both in good form. I really hope Amanda can, she, the way she was crushing the ball against Layla, I mean, it looked like nothing to her. Like it was just so easy and then kind of fell apart. So I hope that she can find that form again. And same with Shelby. She's a giant killer. So. That'll be really interesting. Giant killer. And shout out to the sexy Shelby Rogers Instagram that she posted this week. I mean, hello, yeah. who knew that body was under there? I mean, body, yaddy, yaddy. Go ahead, Shelby. Amazing. Shelby. Hello. Very Camilla Georgie of her, just like busting <laughs> out the, the hot bikini pick. I really loved it. In that bottom section, you have Coco Goff trying to win her first master's title uh, against Kirstea, who had a really solid Indian Wells as well, losing to Halep. And then Samsonova. We'll play Sviatek if their seeds hold up there. But you got to get through our girl, Madison Brengel, who plays the wild card, Alexandra Aila from the Philippines, the first Filipino wild card in Miami. So that's really fun there too. Love that matchup. All right. Well, the men's draw is not quite out yet. They don't start till later this week. So, you know, it's, it's question marks. Will Taylor Fritz back up his big Indian Wells title? Will a uh, heartbroken Berrettini come through? Maybe it'll be Carlos Alcaraz who gets his first big win in Miami, or maybe Rafa comes back and he's going to kill it after his uh, really surprising loss to Taylor Fritz in that final. So I love Miami. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is my favorite swing. It's this great two weeks of tennis and then another great two weeks of tennis. But I do want to say, Max, thanks so much for hanging with me in Indian Wells and surviving our reality TV show house. It was so fun. <laughs> it was great. I think we got to do it every year. We got to make it a tradition. And that like, it'll it'd be, it's, a, it's good enough space away from the open so we can have our little desert fantasy that we can come back and do the open in August. I think we should keep doing it. I agree. Thank you so much, Max. I do want to say to everyone that I met either for the first time at Indian Wells or some of the people that I ran into that I haven't seen in a long time, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. The support is so awesome. And I'm just so happy we can share this love of tennis together. It was great getting drinks or just saying hi. And uh, I hope to see you again soon. While you're on Instagram or Twitter, shoot me a message at John Garica and let me know who you're a big fan of and who you'd like to hear on an upcoming show. Also, don't forget to follow us 
at Fantastic Tennis Pod or on Twitter at Fan Tennis Pod. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, I definitely appreciate a great review to help keep this show on the air. Don't forget to check out our new merch store at Redbubble and search Fantastic Tennis. Get yourself a hat to wear to your next event. Let's all get a cocktail or a shower curtain or maybe a Samsung I, I, you know, charger. I don't know what else is on there. There's tons of a duvet. I don't know. It's summertime. Maybe a, a clock. I don't know. <laughs> Lots of fun things on there. My name's John Garica. Thank you so much for listening. This has been fantastic. <laughs>